0: What's up everybody, welcome into Lucas Oil Stadium, the rare trip to Lucas Oil Stadium for us the last couple years. Yeah. Uh, Andy Bax from the 40-Year Vet Tim May, we're here. Andy, we cannot waste time. We, had too, we have simply too much to talk about. Ryan Day has spoken a handful of times. Marvin Harrison Jr. has spoken a handful of times. So have Cade Stover and JT Tui The Ohio State representation is done here inside Lucas Oil Stadium. Rare, same day as the commissioner appearance for the Buckeyes. Biggest takeaway from Ryan Day go. I would
1: say the flexibility to some of the management with the personnel, so starting with quarterback, opening up the possibility of potentially playing two quarterbacks this season, which at times before, we speculated would that happen, given some of the past history with this program, but he didn't shut the door on that when he was asked about it, so that's something that's interesting, and then for the offensive line, he said, there's probably going to be moving pieces around the first couple of weeks of the season, so the five that we see set by week one might not be the five we see at Notre Dame in week four.
2: Don't forget when Josh Fryer started against Indiana, what was it, last year, and played the whole game, it was at right tackle, if I, if I remember correctly. Dewan Jones couldn't go, and I picked Dewan Jones to be my player of the game that year. So I, I remember that distinctly.
0: Was that your biggest takeaway? No. Well, well, you get point, one.
2: No, well he already, I'm just playing <laughs> off of his. No, the point is, uh, this offensive line is not set, you know, in some respects. Uh, Josh Fryer, as much as we're looking at him at left tackle, who knows, he could be at right tackle. And the biggest takeaway is Josh Simmons actually goes by the name of Jimmy, at least in the football realm, as uh, JT Toimolo Alice he still calls him Josh off the field. Uh, but uh, Josh Simmons, AKA Jimmy Simmons, could play heavily. Uh, just like we expected hey, in this offensive line situation. Tim, that wasn't, that. I, I, I don't take as long as uh, Andy Baxter did.
0: Tim, do you think if Joe Royer <laughs> placed tight end beside Jimmy Simmons, that Ohio State would have the right Jimmys and Joes out there?
2: They could have. I mean, there's a good possibility you have the right Jimmy and Joe out there. You know? All right, but, uh, big takeaway. But I'm looking at Jelani Thurman, but that's another story for another day. Uh, well, my big takeaway is that Evan Pryor is healthy, and Evan Pryor is ready to go. And that just juices up that offensive running back room as opposed to defensive running back, that running back room even more. And it was just a little bit of a him confirming Evan Pryor's ready to go. But fellas, there's no deeper running back room in the country from top to bottom than Ohio State's.
0: My big takeaway, Tim, is that we got into a big scheduling discussion with Brian Day. And maybe this is a little too, outside the box or, you know, 30,000 I didn't bring feet. that
2: up because I've had that discussion a hundred times but, this summer.
0: But, like, I don't know. We I'm had talks. We had talks about Ohio State, Michigan, not being the last week of the season. We had talks about Ohio State not playing Penn State anymore. We had talks about, you know, how many games should you play in the conference. There were talks about scheduling models and the 12-team playoff. And it, the big takeaway, I guess, is just, like, there's so many things going on in college football. Oh, by the way, they're going to play this 2023 season, last, week, last year of the 14 playoff, last year of the 14-team Big Ten. Next year we'll have two uh, programs from Southern California here. So, like, Ryan Day's juggling a lot right now, and so are all of these coaches. But as Ryan Day gets into a quarterback battle, he gets into a, trying to fix the defense in year two under Jim Knowles. Like, there's so many things and happening. Should
2: Michigan be the last game of the regular season yeah, based on what's coming in 2024, as we've talked about before and I've brought up? I mean, there's a possibility, Young. Young fellas, that Ohio State, and Michigan could play three straight games in 2024 or 2025. They could play for the they could play the regular season finale followed by the Big Ten championship game. And if, if uh, lo and behold, one is number six and one is number eleven in those final <laughs> rankings, I mean they're gonna they're gonna take the top four conference champions uh, in that uh, you know in the college football playoff. They're gonna get the bye. But if you're five or six, you have to play a first round game. I mean, there's a I keep going back to this. The game is going to be diminished by what is coming from the standpoint. It will be in history down down the line because there's a chance you could play two games in a row. And what's more important, the regular season finale or the Big Ten championship game? I mean, and Ryan kind of addressed that. Maybe and what he kind of put out there is that uh, possibility maybe of moving that regular season Michigan game to a game other than the last game of the regular season, which has been talked about before and blasphemed. I think. I think it's coming.
0: I think the, the one thing is, if Ohio State Michigan played back-to-back weeks, if Ohio State lost to Michigan in the big house, well, that's okay. It was on the road. We get them on a neutral field. If they lose them in the horseshoe, it's like, oh, shoot, now we really got to win it at Lucas Oil State.
2: Anyway, that right. is. Right. That you know, that's what I'm saying. Which one is more important? Well, it doesn't more, matter. If you know going into that last game of the regular season, they're both in, as Brian brought up, they're both in the championship game. The championship game is suddenly the more important of the two games.
0: That's all for next year. We'll talk about that when that situation happens. That's what he wanted to if do, but he kept it never you know, happens. People kept bringing it up. Yeah, it was an interesting discussion, uh, nonetheless. But onto the football team this year, uh, Andy, you brought up a little bit of positional swapping, things offensive line. I think it's very interesting that we've heard the name Luke Montgomery here as much as we've heard any of the other tackles. Um, I don't know, man. Could a freshman start at tackle for high state? I don't think so, especially not I've week seen one. It happen. Not week one in Indiana, I don't think. But. This is a guy who obviously has the attention of Kate Stover, has the attention of Marvin Harrison Jr., has the attention of Brian Day, uh, enough to, to have some name recognition here in this big, massive barn that they call a football stadium. Like, I don't know, man. Could happen.
1: Yeah, he's the crown jewel of this past recruiting class, it felt like. And and Ryan Day made a point of that everyone was a a mid-year enrollee is no longer a true freshman. He's treating them as a sophomore. So in his eyes, that's not a true freshman starting, potentially, in any spot of the offensive line. It's it's a sophomore. And uh, so that's something to give you a little bit insight of his mindset, looking at these guys who came in in January. He thinks they're pretty far along. Luke Montgomery is certainly one of those guys. He has the confidence to settle into a role like that pretty quickly but there's a lot of moving parts, and we already kind of talked about that. I think one of the things that stuck out to me talking to the players was Martin Harrison Jr. We could talk all day about all of the accomplishments and achievements he could have this year, but one thing that he wants to get better at is being a vocal leader. And he talked about Mick Marathi. This off season challenged him in that way, you know, giving speeches to guys, being one of those squad leaders that they elect for the offseason workouts. And it's just something that we don't talk about as much because we, we talk about what he does on the field, but that's something he's trying to get better at this year. in your- Yeah, and as
2: Ryan Day pointed out, I mean, they, they've had they've had these guys literally practice doing that. Maybe the first time you get up and have to give a speech, you don't feel comfortable. Second time, maybe you feel a little bit antsy. The third time, it comes from the heart and stuff. And uh, I talked to JT Tuimola JT Tumola about that also. Is about, you know, because I had on my podcast this week, uh, Chimdi Chekwa, and he was talking about how in like 2010, that defense was number four in the country. End up being total, number four total defense in the country. And one of the reasons was the, the leaders on that team, the older guys on that team, basically laid down the law, not the coaches in preseason camp. This is what we expect of each other. This is what we expect. This is how we expect to play, et cetera, and get along. And uh, and boom, they played like it with the exception of one game, as he pointed out, against Wisconsin. But uh, that's what this team has the possibility to do. And we've talked about it a million times on, these, on this buildup, on our breakdowns of how many guys they've got coming back. Now they've got to all be going as the old saying goes in the same direction. You know, rowing the boat in the same direction. We get PJ Fluck tomorrow. We'll see what he has to say. Well, but uh, but the bottom line is that's you know the the uh, the whatever you want to call it, to get in line. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for there? That uh, uh, the alignment the is. Buy-in. You want the alignment uh, to be all focused on the same thing. And and Andy brings up that good point that leaders are going to make this team more than the coaches are. Well,
0: why listen to us three knuckleheads talk about this team? Well, you can just hear from the head man himself. Ryan Day uh, joined the program. Let's let's hear from Ryan Day with uh, as he joined Andy and I uh, for a special uh, segment on this fine little program we got. Joined now by the head coach of the Ohio State football program, Ryan Day. Uh, needs no introduction. Ryan, thank you so much for being on with us. Um, Big Ten Media Day successful so far. How, how are things going today in Indy?
3: Yeah, good. go uh, from room to room. It's like a car wash and uh, a lot of the same questions, but uh, but it's been good so far.
0: When you come over here, and obviously the, the preseason poll came out yesterday, you're going to be asked about it, you've been asked about it. Uh, you come over here, you are officially the underdog. How does that feel for your program? Because you were there in 2019 when you guys were the underdog and it turned out pretty well for you. But now that you enter this season as the underdog, I guess, has that mindset shifted yet and have you kind of uh, parroted that to your team yet about you know what that actually means for you
3: guys i, I think coming off of last year the way our whole off season was there's just you know an edge and a chip on our shoulder that you know we want to you know not have that same feeling again so you know, whatever it is it's you know i mean i always say in preseason things don't matter you know when you're when you're the favorite, it doesn't matter when you're, you know, ranked somewhere else, it doesn't matter. But ultimately it's, you know, it's good to have our team see that as extra motivation, not that we really need it anymore. Uh, I mean, we got plenty of motivation to look forward.
1: The quarterback competition is something that always people want to talk about, but you've managed a few of these now at this point, what's one thing you've learned that going into one, that you know, you want to do differently or maybe the same way from well, past times.
3: I think that, you know, we have, as much depth as the quarterback position has ever had. And so I think that's unique going into this season. Um, you know, we'd like to have somebody emerge in the next couple weeks, you know, that we can name a starter. If that doesn't happen, then, then we'll have to, you know, figure it out from there. Um, but the good news is that that room has got to win for us, that room. And, you know, whoever emerges, emerges. You know, I don't know how it's all going to shake. I know that it will kind of develop as the season goes on in terms of, let's say someone gets named, you know, in a week from now. You know, their play in week one will affect, just like CJ's did. You think about even the beginning of those first couple games, you know, he played those first couple games, then he had the shoulder, he went down, then he went back. You know, there's, there's just this journey along the way, and so we'll try to do the best we can based on the experience we've had to try to identify what's going to be best for the program.
0: I think in 2020, uh, the headlines were that Justin was your first returning starter a, that you had ever had. 2022, you got another slice of that, a little slice of heaven where you get to work with a guy for a second year. You get Kyle in his third year now, but but hasn't played a lot, and you get Devin in his second year. Does it feel a little more not new starter? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it, yes. Does it feel a little bit more like you don't have a new starter since these guys have now been in your program, they've been in the offense, they know what, what the terminology yeah. is?
3: I think the difference is that these guys have been in the, in the system for a couple of years, Kyle now for three years. And so you don't have to teach them like our language. You don't have to teach them the day one stuff. You don't have to teach them how we check things, how we do things. But what you don't know is how they're going to play when they get on the field. <laughs> that's, that's the tricky part of this. But um, I guess the good news is, you know, I've been saying this before, yeah, they, they need to make the routine plays routinely. They don't need to play extraordinary early on. They need to take care of the football, compete, be tough, be leaders, get the team in the end zone, and then see where it goes from there. Uh, You know, you don't need to come in and all of a sudden start doing crazy, extraordinary things. Don't do that. Just be smart, play fundamental football. You know, we have an experienced defense coming back, a lot of skill around us. We have to fill up some some holes in the the guys up front. But but we have a good team. And and so, you know, not asking the quarterback to do a whole lot early on will be important. But, again, the good thing is they've been with the program for a couple years.
0: You're entering year five as the head coach. Does it feel like year five? For you, or, yeah, I guess
3: I guess it does. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes it's you know it seems like a blur. Other times it seems like it's been a long road. I mean, looking at a picture of me when I first was named head coach, and now, and I feel like you know, I said I served two two dirty duties of war over Afghanistan <laughs> or something. <like> that. <laughs> my face, you know, i just totally you know my face has changed. I've changed. You know, there's a lot of stress that comes with this job, because, as we know. And every year the expectations are very very high, and so. You have to bring it every game. You know, you're not allowed to lose a game here. So that part, you know, you feel. But at the same time, you know, I was mentioning you, know, you know, we're going on year seven in Columbus, you know, and we were looking at some pictures of the kids when they first got here. They were there, you know, real young. And my youngest, this is all she really remembers, which, yeah. which is great, and, uh, and we love it for
0: So for year five, a lot of people, when you first got named head coach, probably said, who? And now they know a lot about you. How much have you, I guess this is kind of a weird question, how much have you learned about yourself in these five years? And as a first time head coach at, and it being at Ohio State, like how much did you have to learn to get to where you are now? I think it's a great question because, you know, you learn every year. Yeah.
3: And, and, you know, being a first time head coach, that's why I thank Gene Smith so much for the opportunity because, you know, he didn't have to give me this opportunity, but he did as a first time head coach. And so every year you learn a little bit more about the team I think when you look at our culture and you look at our program the way we're recruiting and being in the cfp three of the last four years and the record you know there's a lot of great things and a lot of positive momentum but there's also some things that we had to learn from you know there's not mistakes that haven't been made sure there have and then you have to grow from those and every year it's like an apple phone i think i've told you this before like you have to upgrade every year you know the apple one isn't as good as the apple five and now we're up to the 14. you have to upgrade every year and you have to learn from what what happened the year before and, and that's that's what we're doing And so you know i didn't have the <clears throat> the fortune of being in a place where you learn those three or four years before you have an opportunity to come to the place of Ohio state you know you were right in there and you had to figure it out you know yeah. it started in 18 you know with, with everything that went on in 18 and then 19 and then 20 with covid and you know there's a lot of things that happened in a short period of time it was great because you learn a lot but at the same time you know there was there was a learning curve there
0: there haven't been many normal years for you so far at Ohio State. Maybe this one will be a little bit more normal for Ryan Day, the head coach of the Ohio State football program. Thank you, Ryan, so yeah. much for joining us here yeah. at Big Ten Media Days. And we're back at LettermanRow.com. Thank you to the head coach of the Ohio State football program, Ryan Day. Seriously, appreciate it. He does not have to do those kind of things. There aren't that many coaches. I do want to touch on this real quick. There aren't that many coaches are in this building who do the, the one-on-ones with all of the media. I think Ryan Day does a really good job of getting around and talking to a lot of us. Um, Not just at at Letterman Row, because we would appreciate it if he did just Letterman Row, but we also appreciate that he takes the time for all of us. I think that should be said, because not every fan base, you know, gets to hear the one-on-ones from the head coach. Hey, you
2: got the interview with him now, man. You don't have to No, it's nice. You don't have to like soap up? No, like, like I didn't see Kirk Ferentz
0: doing interviews other than what he had to do. Like, appreciate that. I know,
2: I do it. Jim
0: Jim Harbaugh's not gonna do one-on-ones. Andy Baxter
2: and I were having that very conversation. This guy, you know, Brand Day, is a real human being, I'll just leave it at that. You know, just the causes he's behind, uh, has gotten behind, forget about the fact that I think he's a brilliant football coach, just the ability to have a conversation with him is off the charts.
0: Yeah, you know what else is off the charts Tim, these pants I'm wearing? Um, they are phenomenal uh, and I know you guys know by now where they're from, they are from Bird Dogs. They're actually the Tiger Woods, W-O-U-L-D-S. They're incredible. Um, They're joggers, but they're dress pants. They fit just like Lululemon, except they fit better. Um, They're more comfortable. It's because of this stretch technology. I can do cartwheels. If I could do a cartwheel, I would do a cartwheel in them. If I could do do gymnastics, (laughs) I would do gymnastics in them. The Bird Dog pants are incredible. The shorts are too. It's 90 degrees outside. The pants are breathable enough where I, hey, Tell with it. I'll wear the pants. These in other words, great. you can
2: do the splits without your pants splitting. I got gotcha. you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially in these bird dogs, Tiger Woods. I've got the Duffy the Vampire Slater black uh, gym shorts at home. They are awesome. I've got a pair of the the bluish gray. I'm a little colorblind. In the in the, the hotel room, I'm probably going to wear out uh, to a couple watering holes tonight. But here's the deal, Tim. Like they've got polos, they've got the shorts, they've got the pants, and you can get all of them at birddogs.com slash LR and when you get that order, you'll get a free Yeti style tumbler that says Bird Dogs on it. Andy, you've used the tumbler, you love the tumbler. Anything to say about the tumbler?
1: Big tumbler guy, you should get it in. You know, now's the time if you haven't already and it comes free with the purchase, so.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. go to, go to birddogs.com slash LR and you can get that tumbler with any purchase of the polos, the shorts, the pants, or you can just use the promo code LR at checkout. Go to birddogs.com slash LR or use the promo code Dogs. Use the promo code LR at checkout at birddogs.com if you want to get a pair of these pants that I'm in. I almost said get in these pants. I don't think I should say that. No. Back to the football. Uh, no, wait, as where we,
2: are my pants? I want some of those golf pants. Go ahead.
0: As we transition from from the Bird Dogs into back into Ohio State football, Ryan Day, you kind of sense the, the genuineness from being here. Like a lot of uh, times, you know, you see Ryan Day in front of like 30 of us. It's like, oh, okay, he's kind of a human being. Some of these coaches aren't. You get here, though, there's few hundred people in here and and Ryan's answering questions. He's doing those kind of things. Um, And so are the players. I think that's where I was going with this. Like, You expect it from a coach. He's the representative from the entire football program. But like, three three impressive guys over here uh, to do all these media obligations. They don't want to do them. They're they're not fooling anybody. They don't want to spend their entire day over here talking to, you know, three guys in polos or dress shirts. It's like, but they do it and they represent Ohio State pretty well. I think all of the, the players here do a good job of, of talking for the Big Ten. Um, learned a lot about this team through, through the players. Defensive side, JT Tuimolo, we'll all offensive side, Marvin Harrison Jr., Cade Stover. Just a lot to learn about these Buckeyes today. From the players, Andy, just like, what did you take away from those guys?
1: Yeah, a few favorite moments I had talking to JT. He mentioned, you mentioned know, when he got in here, he took a picture of this place. Yeah. And he sent it to his mom and dad and gave them a call and kind of showed them around a little bit. And he said, you know, I don't like being around the cameras, but this is pretty cool. This is a dream come true to be here. And Cade Stover said, Yeah, I don't really like being here, but he had a good time too. And, you know, he made people laugh. He had a comment about NIL that he was asked, You know, how much money are you making from NIL? He's like, You know, I don't really know, but I wish it all came in tractors. (laughs) So, you know, he had a good time joking around. And of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., Tim mentioned to me earlier, it's pretty cool. He's in this building where his father played, became a Pro Football Hall of Famer. And right up above us here, you have him in the rafters of Marvin Harrison Sr. And uh, there's some pretty cool photos of, of Marvin Harrison Jr. speaking right below that. So just a lot of cool moments here today.
2: Yeah, you know, his dad uh, played, I think he only played one season in this actual building in 2008, his last, his last year with the Colts, I do believe. But before that, you know, of course, the uh, old bubble was yeah. right next door over here and uh, uh, the Hoosier Dome. And it's just, it's just kind of cool to see a young, a young man come full circle a little bit because he was here as a little, as a little kid when he was like five and six and when his dad's jersey or when his name got uh, put up on the ring of honor here. And uh, Just think about that, man. That's, you know, and now in a lot of people's minds, he has a chance to surpass his father. I mean, he's a bigger, as I've been saying about him ever since he showed up, he's a bigger, faster, maybe stronger, and who knows, more savvy. I guess we'll see that down the road version of his dad. And uh, that's saying a lot when your dad is in the pro football Hall of Fame. But then but then past that, I mean uh, uh JT2 I mean just we talked a while ago about the leadership he's exuding and stuff. But all of the, every time you talk to these defensive guys this year and especially since spring, you just gotten the sense that they feel like they're on to something. Yeah. They know they put it. They know they took the uh, they took a lot of hard licks last year uh, in tough games, in tough situations. But at times they were brilliant. Now as the word, you know, as Jim knows, the word he used way back in May about it, they've got to find consistency. And, or early June, they got to find consistency this year. That's what was lacking. And you just get the sense from Ryan Day that he thinks his defense is going to be pretty good too. Got to keep the lid on the defense. Got to keep somebody from going 50 on you or 80 on you. But uh, that's the gist I get from talking to Jakey Tumolo is a, Confidence that they're going to be much better.
0: GT2000 Law was interesting because as he continued to be peppered with Penn State questions, obviously an all-time great performance. I think you called it the greatest defensive performance you've ever well, seen. Other
2: people called it that. And they?
0: that was in your 39 years of coverage. Now you're 40 of your coverage, Tim. Yeah. Um, and you you've described it as such.
2: I just went she ahead. Chase Young, and, close second against Wisconsin.
0: I, I just went ahead and asked him the other side of that question of like, you statistically did something that no one else can ever do, like very few players have ever done what you've ever done i don't know if you'll ever do it again so like how do you set reasonable expectations for yourself knowing yeah. that like the highlight of your career might actually be behind you because that game can't be repeated and he's like ah no i like to dream big if you're dreaming if you're not dreaming big enough then why are you dreaming at all So, like he just kind of brushed it off it's like yeah i think i could do it again
2: yeah and well like, i asked him if he ever if he dreams about their daydreams about that occasionally flashbacks you know and uh basically the same thing it's more of it's motivation to know yeah that you can, you can play that way uh, on occasion.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy to me that the ceiling for J.T. Tuimola as a former five-star guy who you know picked the Buckeyes late. That whole saga, completely chronicled, um, in the in the Letterman Row archives. And and now you just you think about him as a potential All-American, a potential first-round draft pick, and and everything that he could accomplish. I think that that was on display here. He's a really confident guy, and, and I'm not going to put anything past him because. Maybe the Chase Young sack record I'll put past him. I think Chase, that's pretty secure. I think JT 2 him is set for a pretty special season. He seemed, he seemed pretty locked in today, uh, you know, knowing what needs to be done for him this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I asked him, like, are you a 10 sacks guy? Or how many T- TFLs do you need? He's like, if you chase the numbers, you lose your purpose. And so that was his big message, I feel yeah. like. And, and going into this year, you know, he described the off offseason as dirty, but in a good way. It's been fast, yeah, interesting. it's been physical, it's been fun, and, you know, they're really embracing this the second year in the defense, like Tim said, you know, it's just a good energy around it. They seem to know what they're doing. And, and same thing for the offense, I think Kate Stover captured that pretty well, talking about it. He, he said, for the offense line, you know, I'm a little bit curious what it's going to look like, yeah. but I'm confident. And I think that's kind of this aura of the team. They've got a lot of veterans back, and yes, there's a few holes. But they're confident those holes will be filled. Curious cool. yeah. but
2: confident. But, but, but yeah, curious but confident. Now that they can be consistent, uh, keep the seeds coming. Uh, bottom line is too though, we like you talking about about Marvin Harrison Jr. He wants to play in this building, and he's been at Ohio State for two years, two seasons already, and didn't get a chance to play in this building. As he said, when he came to when you commit to Ohio State, you were committing thinking you're going to get to play in this building maybe every year uh, for the Big Ten championship this is probably going to be his final shot at it. I mean, these guys are driven, man. You get that sense, and they ought to be driven based on the way the uh, regular season ended for them the last two years, and uh, I think they've gotten the message. I mean, Ryan Day has basically said, you know, that they've been pretty uh, stuck in high gear since last year ended. And uh, knowing what was right there in front of this team uh, in 2022, and they didn't get it done, most of those guys are back, yeah, which I think bodes well for Ohio State.
0: Yeah. Ohio State, in the books, Big Ten Media Days 2023. We're not done, though. Let him and be here tomorrow to capture all seven coaches that will speak tomorrow, including Mr. Four Game Suspension himself. We're going to hear from Jim Harbaugh tomorrow. That should be an absolute treat. I'm
2: going to have a cheeseburger Uh,
0: tonight. He's going to have a lot to answer for, but he's also going to have probably not a lot to say because he is Jim Harbaugh, and he is just a wacky individual. Letterman Rowe will be on site in Indianapolis for day two of Big Ten Media Days tomorrow. For now, the Buckeyes put a pin in it. They're done, Big Ten Media Days. They can fly back to Columbus, get back to work. Uh, Wolverines tomorrow, a few other programs, maybe of note. Uh, Not too much intrigue other than Jim Harbaugh, but we'll be here to chronicle it all at the 40-year event in May. That's Andy Baxter. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Again, special thank you to Ryan Day for joining the show. We will see you back in this very building tomorrow for Day 2 Recap of Big Ten Media Days from Lucas Oil Stadium. For now, we'll see you tomorrow.